1: All right, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, master mixologist, commoner of cocktails, and uh, your baron of brewskis. That's what I am today. Hey, welcome to the show. It's 6 o'clock on Saturday night, and I hope you're having a great time. Hope you poured something lovely, chilled, or, you know, neat, uh, bubbly. Um, well, you mix something up and tell me all about it. Uh, excited about today's show, as I am every week. That means it's uh, the weekend is here, and we're having a good time. i got uh, the man, uh, the people behind the great Hopscotch Festival that's taking place next weekend at the Fremont Studios. That's Hopscotch April 3rd and 4th. It's uh, It's a festival about beer and scotch. I mean, what more do you want? That's April 3rd and 4th. Over at the Fremont Studios, I've got the man, uh, John Thorburn, who is with uh, Bold Hat Productions. And also, I've got Matthew Frerichs, who is uh, a, well, almost master of whiskey. He's a whiskey man. Uh, He works for Westland Distillery. And we're going to chat up about uh, hopscotch. And also, coming up on the show, I've got Bob Delph, who uh, is a self-made wine guy. He's got a company called Northwest Cellars, and he specializes in private label wines and also... So, well, really some world-class wines. has got some great acclaim, and he has got a tasting room in Spokane and a tasting room in Kirkland, and uh, Bob will be here soon. He's coming up on the show. But right now, uh, it's time for uh, some whiskey, some uh, scotch. John, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me. Hey, so let's talk about hopscotch. How'd you get started, and um, what's the festival all
2: about? Well, this is the 12th year of hopscotch. opens up... Uh next Friday at Fremont Studios, Friday and Saturday night, 5 o'clock on Friday, opens at 1 on Saturday. And hopscotch is just a great celebration of all the great uh, craft beer, specialty beer, scotch, and, and Northwest whiskeys uh, that our region has to offer.
1: Well, that's great. Uh, is the region meaning it's we're talking about British Columbia, Washington, and Oregon, or is this basically a statewide event?
2: It's really a Northwest event, although some of our beers do come up from California, Um, but we've got over 50 craft beers and we've got six Northwest whiskeys and then also six uh, authentic Scotch whiskeys as well.
1: Oh, fabulous. So I get the hop part, the hops, the beer part, and then, of course, scotch. Scotch is a whiskey. And uh, speaking of local distilleries, the craft industry here in Washington and in America has, has really taken off, has exploded. And we're fortunate to have hopscotch. And have you worked uh, 12 years for hopscotch?
2: Not directly, no.
1: No. <laughs> well, um, it's at Fremont Studios and starts Friday at 5 p.m. on April 3rd. How do people get tickets for this event?
2: So at the website, hopscotchtasting.com, there's two different picket- ticket packages. One's a hops only if you're just looking for the craft beer, and there's a hops and spirits admission as well if you want both.
1: Interesting. So how does that work? Is it a special wristband, or do you get a different times, or a different area? Do you have a, a TSA kind of line you got to go through?
2: All the <laughs> No TSA lines. Uh, all of our craft beers are run through tokens, so you'll get, uh, with your package, you can get seven tokens, tasting tokens, and then uh, our, our spirit flights, our scotch fi- flight or our whiskey flight, there's just a special ticket you'll get included when you arrive at the door.
1: Now, is there going to be like a scotch lounge? Am I going to be able to relax and, you know, be the uh, most interesting man in the world with my uh, neat whiskey going?
2: Absolutely. All the, all the craft beers in one area in our, what we call our grand tasting room, and then all the spirits, the scotch and the, and the Northwest whiskeys are all in our spirit tasting garden.
1: This sounds really fun. So the twelfth annual. Now, if I were doing a big deal over at that Fremont Studios, which is a great place, I would have DJs and some cool lights. And uh, is that what we got going on? You got a good party. You mixing it up?
2: It is a really great party. Uh, It's uh, it's cool. It's a cool venue. If you've never been there, it's indoors, so if it's raining, get get inside out of the rain, and uh, people Well, you can't take time. your
1: liquor outside, can you?
2: No, no, uh, no, that's correct.
1: Do you have a uh, a vape room or something? <laughs>
2: no vape room, no vape room. <laughs> there is an outdoor patio where we have some food, so Lumpia World, the food truck's going to be there, uh, which is going to be great for people who need to grab some grub.
1: Well, Lumpia World, I love Lumpia. Now, I, I wonder, is there a shrimp Lumpia, chicken Lumpia, beef Lumpia, tofu Lumpia?
2: Probably. Is that what all, lumpia world's all about? Yeah, all of the above.
1: Uh, Kentucky fried lumpia.
2: I don't know about the Kentucky fried. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so fun. Well, we're chatting with John Thorburn, who is uh, one of the marketing managers over at Bold Hat Productions, and uh, your company produces obviously Hopscotch, which is April third and fourth. But tell me what the other events you produce.
2: Yeah, we produce five annual events. Hopscotch is, is really our kickoff to the year, and then in June we've got the Fremont Solstice Fair, which everybody's aware of. That one. That's when. 100,000 people descend on the Fremont neighborhood. Naked bikers, right? That's right, yes. Uh, We've got a great (laughs) music lineup planned uh, for that festival this year, the Solstice Music Festival. And then in July, we've got Kirkland Uncorked, which is Washington's summer food and wine event. And then in September, we've got Fremont Oktoberfest, heading back to Fremont, which is really a a party in the streets in itself, a great craft uh, beer tasting event. And then rent an Oktoberfest, which is more of your traditional Oktoberfest, kind of sit and sway with your large mugs and enjoy some oompa music.
1: Uh, some oompa music, some, uh, some versed, some veenas and some pretzels, yeah?
2: Exactly. Ah, oh, very good. That's good.
1: Well, uh, we love the Solstice, the Fremont Solstice event, and uh, that's been um well, that's been a classic Seattle event. Fremont, the center of the universe, of course. Um, but this Hopscotch event sounds really cool. You must be 21, I take it, and tickets are available online, or can you get tickets at the door?
2: You can buy tickets online. That's that's your best bet, because you can save uh, save a few bucks if you're buying them online. Ticket prices go up at midnight on Thursday night or Friday morning, whichever you want to call it. It's basically midnight April 3rd. Ticket prices go up online. So really, you want to... Try and get ahead of it and buy tickets online at hopscotchtasting.com.
1: Hopscotchtasting.com. So, how many breweries again?
2: Uh, we've got about 25 breweries, 50 over 50 craft beers.
1: Excellent. Do you get a glass? Is it plastic, or does there, does everybody get a souvenir or something?
2: Yeah, it's a commemorative. Uh, Plastic, uh, Pilsner style glass. <laughs> <Commerative> <laughs> plastic
1: Pilsner style glass. Ah, plastic Pilsner style. Sounds it, fantastic.
2: With uh, four thousand people, want to try and avoid a little glass breakage.
1: Uh, good idea. And then of course the the whiskey tasting, and uh, you have some some um, experts there to help people to guide them through the understanding of whiskey. We and do. Scotch. We actually
2: offer a, a Scotch seminar for somebody that really wants to get introduced to how to taste and enjoy Scotch. Uh, our master of Scotch is flying in. Uh, from Al uh, distillery And he'll be there offering seminars on Friday and Saturday. And the details for that on the website, hopscotchtasting.com.
1: Excellent, hopscotchtasting.com. Well, all this talk about beer and scotch is making me thirsty. So let's introduce Matthew Frerichs, who is the Washington State Brand Manager for uh, what truly is one of Washington's, if not Washington's, greatest distillery, Westland Distillery, down in Soto. Matthew, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you very much. Well, uh, you are a longtime spirits professional. I know you and I go back uh, to uh, the days of... Of your <laughs> indeed, <laughs> and uh, uh it's exciting for you to be representing something um totally Washington
3: yet totally international. Tell me about Westland distillery yeah, um we are the the uh country's largest malt whiskey facility um founded in two thousand ten by Emerson Lamb and uh, Matthew Hoffman, our master distiller um, opened our opened our gates our doors in uh, twenty thirteen It's um, the day we opened our tasting room and um, large production facility down in Soto. It's a it's a huge production
1: facility. And Soto is it's really interesting to see the revitalization of the south of downtown district, obviously happening with Starbucks and then moving south. Uh mm-hmm. Westland Distillery and a couple other buildings there. Um have really cleaned up the image. Of course you've got uh, some of those green crosses places <laughs> around there. But Westland Distillery, it's really a huge facility. Tell me what takes place
3: there. Um full production of, of our malt whiskey line. Um we, uh, we barrel out at about five barrels a day, 40 barrels a week. Um, and then we mature all of our whiskey out in hoquium.
1: Excellent. So Hoquiam, of course, is very much uh, by the sea. It's mm-hmm. actually a port on, on the coast of Washington. And I trust that you're getting a lot of that, uh, the, the air, the salinity air, the salt air from the ocean, which helps uh, elevate the maturation process for your product?
3: Um, definitely lends something to it, absolutely. Um, that, and it's very rainy and uh, very <laughs> moderate all year round, which is perfect for aging malt whiskey.
1: Uh, well, I guess that'll that'll keep, save some from the angel's share, right? We're, <laughs> very cool. That well, Matthew Frerichs, um
3: Let's just step back for a second and tell everybody how malt whiskey is made. Yeah. Um, well, it starts with 100% malted barley. Um Every, you know, we get the question all the time: single malt. Um, what does that mean? Um, it means it's a single distillery. In this case, Westland, um, producing whiskey from only malted barley. Um, the malted barley. So barley is a grain. We can get that at the store. We, we've seen restaurants serve barley, but the malting
1: process is is something unique to distillation. And let's just talk about that for a second. What happens with
3: malting? Yeah. Um, so the um, the the humble barley grain is is taken and and it's noble. It is noble. You're right. Uh, taken and and effectively soaked in water and and sprouted um and then it gets roasted after that um and so
1: the sprouting process actually uh, activates some of the starches and turns them into sugars that's to correct, give that yeah. that little seed, which is barley, with barley as a grain, energy to sprout and to become a giant, mighty oak. Well, kind of,
3: kind of. And this is, <laughs> um, but they don't they well, they dry it right because mm-hmm. that's important too to sort yeah, of indeed. crystallize those sugars. Right, and you also want to stop that growing process before it gets you know plants. <laughs> yeah, that, and, that part too, yeah, yeah becomes useless. Um, but uh, the roasting process is um, is is just that. And you can choose to, um, either roast it to varying degrees of, of darkness. Um, we actually use five different roasts in our flagship whiskey. Um, we use a, um, uh, Extra Special Malt. We use a Washington Malt, um, which is the majority of what we, what we use to produce our whiskey, um... A uh, Munich malt, a brown malt, and a pale chocolate malt. So
1: uh, the, the process is this you have the grains, you get, add water to sprout them, to malt them, so it's a malted barley. And then do you uh, splarge that, or do you. Because uh, when I've had malts, when I used to homebrew, we would get malts, it was just like molasses. It was just a thick, gooey, sticky, sweet. Wonderful mess, but is that what happens there? Or are you actually
3: using the grain in your, in your no, mash tun? No, we're ton? using 100% whole grain in the mash tun. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Can you put whole grain on there with the USDA? It's like the 100% whole grain. <laughs> maybe. yeah, Maybe. maybe. Okay, so we, we got the barley, we malt it, we toast it, we dry mm-hmm. it, then we put it in the mash tun, add water, and then it starts to ferment
3: just like a beer, right? Yeah, uh, Indeed. Um, starts to ferment. Um, we actually add a Saison Brewer's yeast um, rather than. Uh, normal distiller's yeast, uh, we find it lends kind of a beautiful citrus ester to our our, our final product, a little citrus, little white, fresh fruit, uh, fruit uh, uh, very clean. And that's called the wort, right? And um,
1: the wort becomes, it's alcohol, it's really the, the beginnings of beer without the bubbles mm-hmm. because you haven't trapped them yet in a bottle. Um, what's the alcohol strength of that wort typically? About 8%. 8%? percent mm-hmm. hmm that's right, strong beer. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I can see a Westland 800 coming out. <laughs> well, this is really fun. Uh, speaking with Matthew Frericks, who is the Washington State Manager for Westland Distillery down
3: in Soto. And you have tasting rooms and tours and all that fun stuff down there? Absolutely. How do um. we find you? Uh, Well, we're down in Soto, exactly one mile past Safeco Field. Um, There's a giant red flag with our logo, our tree coil on it, um, uh, on top of the building. Uh, Just come right on down. Uh, Or you can go to westlanddistillery.com. Uh, and you can uh, sign up for tours there uh, Tastings uh, Tuesday through Saturday 11 to, uh, 11 to 7 11, I like that Yeah, absolutely Get a, get a little early morning crowd <laughs> <laughs> Do you? <laughs> They're camping um, out sometimes yeah. I imagine down oh, there Yeah, we get, a, we get a line every once in a while <laughs> um, And then we do uh, full tours and tastings uh, Wednesday through Saturday uh, By appointment You can go on to com And click Tours um, And sign up there And that's at 11, 2, 4, and 6 Eleven, two—it's like a—it's like Dr. Pepper hour, right? Eleven, two, four, and six. Like
1: in the old days. Well, this is a treat, and I'm excited to taste some of the Westland Distillery product. Quickly, tell us how many products you
3: produce at Westland Distillery. So we have our three core expressions: our flagship American single malt, um, our peated release, and then our sherry wood release. Um, we also do uh, single casks as we as we see fit, as a cask kind of finds us, and we decide that we want to release it, and those will come out. Um, uh, at full cask strength, um, and as as unadulterated as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And what, what spirit did you bring for me to try today? Uh, we are
1: we will be trying our, our flagship American single malt. Excellent. Well, I look forward to that. When we come back from this break, I'm going to get a chance to pour a glass, a dram, a wee dram of Westland, Westland. Distillery's <laughs> single malt scotch. And uh, If you love scotch, you should be checking out Hopscotch, that's hopscotchtasting.com. It's coming up next weekend, April 3rd and 4th, get your tickets online before they go go up. There's such a steal and a deal right now, but stick around we'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It is the last weekend in March and it's actually Taste Washington weekend. Hope you're uh, you went down today and you're now relaxing uh, at 6 o'clock, enjoying all the great tastes, the food, the wine, the cider. Uh, And if you haven't made it, you got one more day. Taste Washington is tomorrow as well. Um, But if you want to do some great events in the world of wine and spirits, of course, we'll start with hopscotch like we have chatted about earlier. We've got hopscotch April 3rd and 4th, hopscotchtasting.com features uh, 50 world class craft beers and a dozen or so whiskeys and scotch uh, so check that out, it's at Fremont Studios tickets available online uh, but coming up in April there's uh, two really cool events, the first is Woodenville Reserve Night, April 19th Great Chefs Red, White and Rosé Wines, um, it's quite a night up in Woodenville. meet the wineries and meet some great chefs WoodinvilleWineCountry.com you can get your tickets for April 19th Woodenville Reserve Night, and then uh, over on the west side, my side of the Puget Sound of Elliott Bay I should say it's Sexy Syrah. That's uh, at our friends at Salty's. Uh, Tim O'Brien the director of wine over there is hosting April 29th um, Washington Syrahs and if you love Syrah as much as I do you'll get down there because it is sexy. That's Seattle Uncorked. Our friend David LeClaire is producing that SeattleUncorked.com well, uh, I've got this a wee dram of single malt scotch here, and uh, what's it's whiskey? Can we technically call it scotch, there, Matthew? No, can't technically call it scotch, but it is, however, American single malt. American single malt, right? I like that. It's uh, I'm an American badass here with this single malt <laughs> whiskey. All right, so let's talk about this. This is your your first
3: release. Yeah, this is our uh, our first full core line release. Um, this is our flagship American single malt. It's our five malt barley bill that we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, matured in charred new American oak casks. Um, it's our most awarded whiskey thus far, um, and just scored uh, ninety five points in Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible. So, mm, how many points does it go up to? One hundred. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well, I just took a step. Um, talk about great flavor, and I love the mouthfeel here. You've got just this soft, delicate texture. I would say that's something to do with the with the water here in Washington. It's it's sweet water and uh, definitely soft. Um, the wood profile here, the oak profile, delicious toffee, touch of caramel, just a, a bit of... Um, roast marshmallow on there nice and mm-hmm. sweet uh, and the mash bill it gives you the moderate complexity it's just enough if you're a bourbon fan you're going to love this because um, it's you know we think about single malts we're thinking peated whiskeys typically mm-hmm. and you have another option for that what would this
3: particular uh, what you, the American classic American single malt what was this run um this is uh after all taxes about 69.11 out of our tasting room and runs relatively close to that
1: in retail 69.11 That's after all taxes. Okay. Of oh yeah. we we need to get it 59.99. How do we take off uh, 12 <laughs> cents somewhere? Well, it's uh it's a beautiful label. I think um this is a very well thought uh plan, a business plan. And the master distiller is who again? Uh Matthew Hoffman. And uh, where did he cut his teeth on uh Making great
3: spirits. That's uh, that's a that's a great question. He's, well, yeah. he's always had a um, always had an interest in it, um, <laughs> since uh, you know, since w- I whatever. was twelve and filling in <laughs> my dad's liquor cabinet. Me too. Well, yeah. That's how appropriate. Well, I love it. If you want to try more
1: of the Westland Distillery products, uh, head down to Hopscotch this weekend, right, or Indeed. next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. Yep. Perfect. We will, well, we Matthew uh Westland Distillery's Washington State sales manager. Thank you for sharing this great product. Thank you for having us. And John Thorburn, tell us again all about Hopscotch. We get tickets where and the times are when?
2: Tickets can be bought online at hopscotchtasting.com, or you can buy them at the door at Fremont Studios. Uh, Ticket packages online right now, uh, if you buy them before midnight on Friday, uh, they run $35, which includes seven tasting tokens for craft beer, cocktails, wine. Uh, and then we also have, uh, it also includes one self-guided Scotch or Northwest Whiskey Flight.
1: I love that self-guided. Yeah, I always tell my friends, it's self-valet parking. <laughs> 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 well, this is great. So uh, hopscotchtasting.com. It's April 3rd and 4th, the 12th annual. Don't miss it for 35 bucks. It sounds like a great party, and I bet you there's lots of uh, stuff, fun stuff to taste and see.
2: That's it. That's right.
1: All right. John Thorburn with Bold Hat Productions. Uh, Cool company. I'm glad you're joining me um, on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Well, Coming up next, we're going to chat with uh, Bob Delph of Northwest Sellers. He's uh, a Washington wine magnate, and he's over in Kirkland. And he's got uh, a tasting room in Spokane on the far east side of the state and also here on our own little east side. And Bob Delph, welcome to Happy Hour. Well, thank you. Hey, so excited to finally have you on here. You've been in business for—is it ten years now? This is our eleventh
4: year. Hard to believe.
1: Eleven years. So Northwest Sellers was. Uh, tell me how you f- you thought of this whole idea.
4: Yeah, so we're kind of a unique winery. Um, we're right now an eight thousand case production winery, and uh, sort of started it by accident. Um, I've always been a wine aficionado, you know, took some courses at UC Davis and just kind of always interested in wine. And one day about mm, 12 or 13 years ago, I was in the software business and I got a corporate gift of a bottle of wine with a custom label on it from that particular company. So I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. So I opened the wine and it was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> you think it was re gifted? It was so disgusting. I can't even tell you. It wasn't like it was, you know, oxidized or you know, corked or anything. It was just completely bad wine. Well, what,
1: what state was that from?
4: Washington. Oh my goodness. I know. So I, um, I said, well, gosh, you know, there's a business opportunity. Somebody needs to do well. So I did a little bit of research in the market, and the fact is, pretty much all the wine isn't any good in the private label market. I mean, back you know, eleven yeah, years ago, yeah. right? Um, I bought a whole bunch of it and tried it, and I was like, man.
1: Because they were getting really low, inexpensive wine and just
4: trying to, to sell label it. Yeah. it. Stop labeling what? So what happened is I was like, there's got to be a separate market. So there's a good market for that stuff because a lot of people that get it never open it. Sure. They stick it on the shelf, looks cool, nice label, never open it, doesn't matter what's in it. That's true. But then I was like, well, gosh, there's got to be a market for people that are giving corporate gifts that, Want to be proud of the gift, want right? Or make
1: a statement, yeah. Yep.
4: So I started out in the very first year, we sold 600 cases. And the second year, we sold 1,200 cases. And the third year, we sold 2,400 cases. So I was like, hmm, you know, I must be on to You're something. Seeing a here. trend here. Gotta, right? I must be on to something. Well, back in those days when I started, I was a negociant, basically. I bought wine from different people, blended it together and put a label on it, a Northwest Cellars label on it. Um, So we've evolved, of course, into being a winery now, and and Robert Smazny, uh, who everyone knows, is our winemaker. And I love him, and I love working with him. He's a great winemaker and a great guy. And and so I do the blending work on the wines, and we work as a team. Um, Really fun. Uh,
1: that's the best part. The blending is the best
4: part. I, I mean, I I just did a blending class on Sunday at the winery. Um, I do this you know a couple times a year, and people love that, but they they don't realize how complicated it is, right? Like they think it's just you know, throw some wine in the bottle. Of a, it's not. You know, it's not spaghetti sauce.
1: Add mm, a little this. Yeah. Little that.
4: Well, maybe to some people it is, but so what I did. So my my degrees are in computer science and pure math right so I'm I'm a geek so the blending has become you know at 8000 case production it's it's a pretty big job and so I go into it with a with a plan and of course the plan gets all thrown out to hell when you start tasting <laughs> all the barrels like like for 2013 which I'll be doing in the next uh, 2 months I have 185 barrels or so of red wines sitting there for 2013 well you can't just go in with no plan I mean, you can't taste 185 barrels of wine and kind of decide on the spot what you're going to do. So I go in with a plan. But what I told these guys on Sunday is you've got all these constraints on you. Um, like, for example, maybe you're trying to hit a price point, so you can't put a lot of Carmenere in there because it's really expensive. Or maybe, you know, you don't have very much of the Malbec, so you can't put a lot of that in there. So, so what I do is I give them constraints for the class. I say, you can use these four varietals. But you can't put more than 10 percent of this in, and interesting, 50% that's of kind that of a
1: practical exam, isn't it? it? You know, it is. And you're using when you're doing this wine class. This is at uh, your property in, in Kirkland, Kirkland. Mm-hmm. and let's talk about that quickly. It's NorthwestCellars.com, and and uh, you have a tasting room in Kirkland. Where it?
4: So the tasting room in Kirkland is in Totem Lake. It's behind Dania Furniture. We're in a little place called the Alley. We have two other tasting rooms there. Skylight Cellars and Waving Tree are with me. And I have a beautiful art gallery right next door. So it's kind of a little destination.
1: Oh, that sounds great. It's so
4: cool. Totem Lake is now a wine destination. I know, right? Who knew? Well,
1: nobody knew, but now they do. Now All of our do. listeners right. on Happy Hour Radio. Well, I'm speaking with Bob Delft, the... Uh, self-professed wine geek of Northwest Cellars founder of Northwest Cellars do you want to check out his wines if you want a private label wine you should check out NorthwestCellars.com and because uh, I'm looking at a couple private labels here in front of me uh, you can I mean these days with computer graphics computer design software you can do anything and make it look high quality and uh, what I'm excited about Bob is uh, with Robert Smazny you've got a really world-class winemaker he's great for Washington and I can't wait to try these wines so we come back from this break. We're going to dive into a couple of the wines here and continue our discussion uh, learning about the history of Northwest Cellars, how you got started, and maybe some more about that plan of how do you blend 185 barrels. So stick around, everybody. We've got uh, Bob Delve coming back on this break. And if you want to get out there, uh, you should be doing Taste Washington tomorrow. I'm sure I will be there with Coral Wines and uh, I want you to come and try our Rosé. But uh, stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: The home of the great one, Mark Levin, weekdays three to six PM, Talk Radio five seventy, KVI. KBI No Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, welcome back to uh, It's Taste Washington Weekend, and we're on Happy Hour Radio. I've got the pleasure of having Bob Delf, the self proclaimed wine geek of Northwest Cellars. Bob's got a tasting room in Kirkland and also one in Spokane, which is pretty exciting. So if you ever head over to the Heading over to the Inland Empire, you've got a place where you can cozy up and try some wine. they got a couple of tasting rooms out there in Spokane, don't they?
4: 17 in downtown Spokane. Yeah,
1: it's a a winopolis.
4: Yeah, and the one that we're in is a beautiful space called Nectar Tasting Room. There's five wineries. Josh Wade. Yep, Josh Wade does a great job running it. Um, There's five wineries there. And uh, it's really, it, you got to go if you're out there. It's a great space.
1: I'm excited. I've actually invited Josh Wade to come and sit on our panel this year for the Seattle Wine And Awards. he's
4: excited. He told me that. Oh, that's so,
1: great. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited to have um, our, our friend Josh over at Nectar Tasting Room. And if you ever get out there, definitely stop by. He's got great wines. And speaking of great wines... Um, Bob, you started as a negociant and uh, s- found some some great success in that, but you had more you had a uh, desire and designs on making your own wine. Tell me about you making it versus Robert Smazny.
4: Yeah, so I don't, you know, I've never pro- uh, professed to be a winemaker. Um, so when I when I decided I had to get away from buying wine and blending it like a negociant, I was like, well, I got to find a winemaker. Well. It sort of happened by accident. Um, when I was buying wine, I bought some of Robert's wine back in the 06 vintage. And that particular wine, uh, our Intrigue, which is our signature wine, that vintage of Intrigue won um, the Sommelier's Journal's Wine of the Year. That Well, not that year, but whatever year it was, probably. The Somme oh, Journal, yeah. Yeah, the Somme Journal, probably 09, I guess, or I don't know what, what, what it was. But it was a very interesting wine. It, it was... Uh, Cab Syrah, Pinot Noir, and Carminier. Wow. Yeah, a crazy, a crazy blend. But the Pinot Noir that went in there was so rich and big that I thought it would it would work and, and it really did work. That wine is a beautiful wine and still drinking great. But anyway, so that was my introduction to Robert. And I was like, Well, hey, you know, do you want to make some wine for me? And <laughs> you want to pull some more awards yeah, down here? and and he uh at the time I believe was making wine for like 10 or 15 different wineries. That was his gig back then. And today, he's basically making wine for himself, me, and Todd Newhouse, and that's it. So he's down to basically two... Other wineries.
1: I know, but that probably encompasses 40 different
4: labels. You know, Robert's got, <laughs> Robert's probably got a dozen labels himself, yeah, maybe more. Lot. So between us, I think we probably make about 25,000 cases. Wow. Between well, the three yeah, of us. he is a little kingpin over there in Prosser, yep. Washington. Well, let's
1: talk about some of the wines you have. I noticed on your website you have now 16 different offerings.
4: Yeah, so I kind of went a little nuts uh, in the 2012 vintage. Um, you know, I've been telling everyone that I want to cut down on the number of wines that I make. And then I got into tasting the barrels of the twenty twelves and I was like, Oh my God. And so what happened is, you know, I would I would get to something and go, Well, I want to blend this, but I also want to bottle it by itself. So we ended up with a bunch of like I have two Malbecs, I have three Merlot's. You know, that that kind of thing happened. Um I have a Petit Verdot. I have a Carmoniere uh, and a whole bunch of blends. So it, it kind of went nuts in 2012.
1: Well, you must like Carmenere. Carmenere is one of the uh, much maligned grapes for um, its style, which came typically out of Chile. Uh, it's the long lost Bordeaux grape. Yep, a red grape, of course. And in Carmenere, um, I've had a couple that are really, really interesting. You have a passion for Carmenere.
4: Uh, you know, it's my personal favorite grape. Um, now, a lot of people, the 100 percent Carmenere uh, is a very divisive grape like people are either so crazy passionate about it or they're just like that is too weird for me. Yeah. So there's really not much middle ground with Carmenere I find. I was in Chile and Argentina last year and tasted, you know, tons of Malbecs and Carmeneres and um and the Washington so th- this is my take on it and it's maybe my personal palate but but I think that we get more of the varietal character out of it than they do there, which must be a soil difference, I guess. Same grape, um, all that sort of that pepper and earthy part of it, I didn't get as much of it down there as I get here.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I always assumed that that was probably some canopy management stuff to keep it on the more herbaceous side, but
4: I I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think Chile. it's I think it's the soil. Interesting. Uh, but I but I found some beautiful ones that were 120 bucks down there, and the same with the with the Malbec in in Argentina. I love Malbec because they're kind of similar, peppery and and, you know, I had to get to the $120, $140 ones before I was like, wow, that's really good. <laughs> um, All right. Well, you can expense that for that. It's a little research. Exa-
2: exactly.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the other wines you, you produce. Are you
4: with Robert in concert? And you're the blender. And um, you, do you make white wines? We do. Um, so we've won quite a few platinum awards. You're familiar with the platinum competition. Um, our 2013 Sonatina, which is a Roussan Vignet blend, uh, just won a platinum last fall. And our 2011 Malbec also won a platinum. The whites that I normally make every year are Chardonnay, which always has some Viognier blended into it, just because I can't resist. And um, the Sonatine has become a staple of ours, and it's always dominant Roussan. I think this last year was 60-40, Roussaint Viognier. And then I make a wine I call Adagio, which is dominant Sauvignon Blanc with Chardonnay. Like this last year it was 90% sauvignon blanc.
1: Well, these are pretty exciting different styles of blends. I mean, uh sauvignon blanc and chardonnay, you would have the the Loire's and the Burgundian Burgundians <laughs> yeah. saying, "Uh ah, I never. can't do that, right?"
4: <laughs> and people and people love these wines. I mean, a- in fact, when I don't like like the um the Adagio, we're out of it now. You know, and I won't make another one until you know next vintage and people are like what do you mean you're out of it you can't be out of it well let's talk about you making wine with Robert on concert now are you selecting vineyards um how are you finding your grapes and or is Robert in charge of that or are you getting involved so Robert has basically been in charge of you know 80% of it i've become introduced to a lot of the vineyard managers so i am working directly with them but robert is the guy that's out in the vineyard telling them when to pick the grapes in fact We had a really funny situation this past um, vintage. I won't tell you what the vineyard is, but um, the vineyard manager was like, well, we're going to pick on Sunday. And Robert was like, no, no, we're not going to pick on Sunday. We're going to give it another week. And the guy was like, no, we're picking on Sunday. Hmm. So Robert said, well, then we don't want the grapes. Okay. So that was it. The guy must, I mean, he must have sold them, I guess, to somebody else. But I'm like, wow, okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, mm-hmm. he's apparently no Palm because they're picking wine and grapes yeah, before their yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the wines. I've got two glasses of red wine here in front of me, and uh, one is the 2012 Merlot. Uh, it says Cordon Grove Vineyard. That's a vineyard I'm not familiar with.
4: Yeah, it's an interesting, small, tiny vineyard. Um, this is a guy that has a vineyard by his house in Prosser. Um, I'm going to guess it's five acres, maybe, maybe not even that much, and... And he sold um, all of his grapes to Walla Walla Vintners, and so when some of his grapes came up in 2012, I went and tasted some of the Walla Walla Vintners wines that were made from the grapes. I'm like, these are pretty good. So, he
1: makes great, Merlot. Exactly,
4: exactly. So I think I'm going to, I'll take the two tons or whatever it was that he had available. So, um, yeah. So, and I love the way the wine came out. This is 90%... Cordon Grove Merlot and 10% Syrah from Spofford Station in Walla Walla.
1: Oh, yeah, Spofford Station. That's uh, Lynn Lynn Chamberlain. Chamberlain. It was
4: Lynn Chamberlain. Yeah. She has now leased it out to oh, somebody.
1: Yes, that's right. So um, I'm tasting the wine. Great mouthfeel, good texture. It's just uh, slightly. The, the oak here is what, 40%? I mean, there's a touch of oak on it, but it's well integrated.
4: There's quite a bit of oak. This is um, the way I. This is probably, I would guess, 50% new oak. Um, it's hard for me to say because we use so, there's so many barrels, but um, I use oak, new oak spirals mostly. I do buy some new oak barrels, but they're so expensive.
1: Spirals are an insert to help.
4: Yeah, and it's the same medium plus toast yeah. French oak. We put them in the barrels. To me, the effect is very similar to a new oak barrel and a tenth of the price. That's that's key. And, and so, what is the price here on this
1: 2012 Merlot? So it's 24. Oh, that's a great deal. Yeah. This is a uh, this is a fine wine. This is you know this is what people should really enjoy Merlot because Merlot is plummy and black cherry. It, it's there's a certain softness, it's gentil, um, but it has a little bit of texture. And you know I always say that Merlot goes well. Um, it's kind of the berries and cream thing with that that vanilla, this little ice yep. cream, and then some red berries.
4: Yeah, and boy, I got to tell you, we just released this wine two six weeks ago in our tasting room, and people are going nuts for it. Unfortunately, I only made 102 cases, I think it is, of this wine, so <laughs> no. it won't be around for very long. It's well,
1: was that in the plan? I mean, this is tasty Merlot, Merlot's coming back. Well, so what I did, that's see that
4: I only got that small amount of fruit uh, from that right, guy five that acres, year. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well very good. Well we have another wine here, it's the 2012 Cadenza and this is a blend. Um when we come back from this break, we're going to dive into this wine. But before we get there quickly, tell me some of the other wines
4: you produce. So you got the 2012 Merlot, the 2012 Cadenza. So Intrigue is our signature wine. It's always a different blend every year. This is I started 2005 was the first vintage of Intrigue, so I make one of those every year. That's our what you would call best barrel blend. So, I try to pick the best barrels to to blend the intrigue. Um, I always make a wine called Fortissimo, which is, you're you're getting to see a trend here, by the way. I'm a musician, so a lot of my wine names are musical terms. Okay. Uh, Well,
1: tell you what, we'll have our listeners go to the website, northwestsellers.com. We come from back from this break. We're going to jump into the 2012 cadenza. So, stick around, everybody, on Happy Hour Radio.
0: He's live. He's here. Sean Hannity. Weekdays, noon to three. Only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia. Christopher Chan.
1: All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I have the pleasure of speaking with Bob Delph the uh, wine geek of Northwest Cellars, and we're talking about some of his red wines, and he has 16 in his portfolio, a couple whites, but
4: some of these reds have very interesting names, Bob. Tell me what the genesis of these are. So a lot of my wines have musical terms as names. I'm a musician. i played piano since I was five, classically trained, and um, so, yeah, we have Adagio, Sanatina, Fortissimo, Madrigal, Serenade, lots of different ones. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I, I wish I took piano. I played drums for 14 years, and um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to get the uh, um, the verbiage from the musical lexicon into my winemaking, but let's talk about this cadenza. First of all, what does cadenza
4: mean? Cadenza is a solo passage that someone would sing or play. Okay. Like well, a, a, a dr- sort of... Um, ad lib I like drum solos exactly exactly (laughs) an ad lib kind of thing so the Cadenza has a little bit of history if we have time Um, the 2009 was the first time I made a wine called it Cadenza it's 50% cab 25% Merlot and 25% Carmenere and it won a double platinum that 2009 of course it didn't win it until 2012 right or maybe it was the fall of 11 I can't remember which one it was so as soon as it did I was like well damn you know I got to." Do that again. So this vintage was the first time I had the opportunity, and I basically tried to duplicate the blend. Well I did duplicate the blend. It's 50% Cab, 25 Merlot, and 25 Carmoniere.
1: I love the carmineer in there. This is a very interesting wine. You get the structure from the Cabernet Sauvignon, you get the plummy fruit, the red fruit, um, the core with uh, just that dash of Merlot, um, but there's some certain spice, little herbal characteristic which is related to both Cabernet Sauvignon and the Carmeniere. Um Oak is just, what, 50% as well?
4: Yeah, that's pretty much overall our whole portfolio. Um, I really, really love this wine. I think in the bottle over time that this will actually be better than the 2009 that won the double platinum. My- triple
1: platinum is what I nah, mean. Yeah, there you go. Triple
4: platinum. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, it certainly has a soft mouth feel, but it, the, the structure is, is also generous, but uh, has nice edges. is framed well by the tannin. Um, but I really like the Carmeniere on the finish. It
4: really mm-hmm. gives you this sort of,
1: it's a lift. It's a little bit of a eucalyptus almost on that lift.
4: Yep. And and you'll notice that I put Carmonier in a lot of different wines, because I like it so much. I think I have it in four different wines this year. Yeah, it's your oregano of, of, exactly. of wine. Exactly. That's a good way to put it.
1: Well, I like it. Um, So let's talk about the tasting room in Kirkland, Totem Lake, the new wine destination for the east side. There Um, you go. In the shadow of Woodenville, but not to be outdone, Uh, you've got a couple wineries, Skylight Cellars, Waving Tree, and, of course, Northwest Cellars. You have tasting room hours and uh, tours and what what goes on there? Yep. Uh,
4: We have about 3,000 square feet there. Um, We're open Thursdays and Fridays 3 to 7, Saturdays 12 to 6, and Sundays 12 to 5.
1: Okay, so no no late nights, just 3 to 7, more of a happy hour kind of thing.
4: Unless unless we have events going on, which we do a lot. Like tomorrow or, yeah, tomorrow night we have a happy hour that goes till 8.
1: Ah, well that's a Sunday night oh, happy hour. Sorry, I love that. sorry, wrong. I love
4: that. <laughs> Friday night,
1: Friday night. Next Friday night happy hour. Well, uh invite everyone to go check out Northwest Sellers online. Uh, it's probably, you still do the private label stuff, right?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's great. that's probably
1: 70% of our business. Oh, well, congratulations on that. I see
4: I've got a big number 12. This is called uh, Beastquake, or what is this? So the 12, we don't have a name like that for it. You. you can't use any of those, you know, yeah. trademarked names. That's our serenade, that wine. Okay. It's the Cab Merlot Syrah blend has 3% Cormoneer in it. Um, <laughs> Once again. Yeah. So fun. And, and then the other one in front of you is for a country club that we do there privately. Yeah. Well, nice. So well, it's good to see those country clubs stepping up. Well, Bob Delph, uh,
1: Northwest Sellers Wine Geek, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you very much, Christopher. Well, had a pleasure. Uh, great time with Matt Ferricks of Westland Distillery and John Thorburn of Bold Hat Productions. We'll see you at uh, Hopscotch next weekend, April 3rd and 4th. Uh, two great wine events coming up in April. We've got wooden reserve night that's april 19th great chefs Red and White and Rosé Wine, WoodinvilleWineCountry.com has got all the information and tickets. And if you want to get over to the west side, West Seattle, check out uh, Sexy Syrah at Salty's, April 29th. Uh, SeattleUncorked.com, tickets available. Um, it's a great beneficiary event, and of course you have a chance to uh, dive into Syrah. But I wanted to take a second and, and chat about this great event um, that's happening now. It actually starts tomorrow night. It's over at Miller's Guild, and my friend uh, Jake Kossoff, who I've had on the show along with executive chef uh, Jason Wilson he is uh, they're putting together something called butcher block Sundays, and it's uh, a long table Um, you've got this three course menu it's really for two people you've got you can get things like a whole pig rabbit duck lamb or even whole fish Uh, you got salad you've got uh, roasted beets roasted mushrooms and all sorts of great sides and a shareable dessert and I did this the other night uh, it's great for a Sunday night because it's you got the warmth of the fireplace, you got this long table, you can have some conversation with some great people, and of course, fantastic food. So it's quite a deal. Um, it's a great date night or great with family and friends. Uh, it's Butcher Block Sundays at Miller's Guild, and one of the best parts, really. Bottles of wine, $25 of burgundy. I couldn't believe it. I was like in heaven. Uh, Evening Land, Burgundy, Blanc, and Rouge for $25. You got to check it out, Butcher Block Sundays. And uh, speaking of Sundays, Taste Washing tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Uh, check out Coral Wines. Um, if I don't see you there, I'll see you next week right here on Happy Hour Radio. Remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.